You're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam, streaming on iTunes, Google Podcasts, and at DCAUreview.com. Now, here's today's episode. Hey, hey, everybody. It is episode 35 of the DCAU Review. I am your host, Cal, and with me, as always, joining me for our one-year anniversary episode is my co-host and good brother, also known as the DCAU Twitter Guru, trademark. <laughs> He's been along with me for the entire journey. It's Liam. Liam, welcome, uh, my fellow host. We're just getting started. Yeah, but, yep, man. We've been doing this for an entire year now. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary, and thanks to anybody who's... If you listened right from the start, or maybe you found us along the way and have gone back and listened to those early episodes, really appreciate it. Uh, it's cool. It's always been fun and cool to talk about this, and growing a little bit of a community and getting to, you know, nerd out with other people is always really cool. And Absolutely. If you've given any time at all to listen to two guys who you don't know <laughs> talk about yes. cartoons that are 20, at least 20 years, 25 years old, yeah. uh, you know, we salute you. <laughs> yes, we very much appreciate it. And for our one-year anniversary, uh, we discussed a few different options for what we could review for it. Mm-hmm. We eventually settled on, well... Where we are in the chronological order of these Batman episodes we're reviewing of the original Batman series, uh, the one-year anniversary episode would fall on today's episode, Feet of Clay. Yep. And there aren't too many episodes I would rather talk about. It's a really, really excellent episode, as we'll get into today. So uh, we're covering both parts today, parts one and two, uh, and uh, we can jump into our plot, as we always do, first and foremost, Liam. Uh, so this introduce, introduces a Batman rogue to uh, the Batman animated series DCAU Mythos uh, that is uh, sort of has a, an odd odd past uh, sort of in the comics yeah. as we've talked as we kind of talked about before we went on the air. There, are, from according to Wikipedia, who is a a very reliable source, absolutely, uh, and it's uh, on the internet. It, it can't be wrong. Yeah, right. Exactly. The for, according to the Wikipedia page for Clayface, there have been eight different carnations. Well, of Clayface in the comics uh, over various uh, times uh, in different continuities, but uh, this one is sort of a mal- an amalgamation of uh, two different of the uh, of the Clayface incarnations. Uh, they basically took the original Clayface, uh, who was uh, Boris Basil Karloff. Basil, that's right. Sorry, I wanted to say Boris Karloff because that's who it's. <laughs> yes, it's <laughs> that's who he was. Na- if sort you can of named get that after. subtle uh, change of name there, <laughs> Basil. Basil. Uh, so uh, ba- Basil here, uh, they took his origin story sort of from uh, the original Batman, and he was the original Clayface. Yes, uh, from uh, probably more Bill Finger than Bob Kane, but as we know, <laughs> but uh, between the two of those guys, credited with creating him. Um, so, and they sort of meshed it with, uh, the Matt Hagen character who is sort of a sci-fi version. He, yeah. He, they took the, the elements, the Matt Hagen version who had a very silly origin where he like dove into an underground pool of chemicals. It was very much like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes. Ooze, it sounded yeah. like. It honestly awesome. feels a lot more like a Marvel origin, quite honestly. Co- correct. Um, feels like it could be like, I don't know, a Fantastic Four villain or something, mm-hmm. but... But so that that the the Basil Carlo version originally was just kind of like a guy in a mask who was killing 
like other actors. He right, he was an actor who played this clayface character in a movie, and then they then remade it. I they believe, remade and he it. Gets <laughs> offended that he wasn't asked to be in it, which is kind of well. It was I think for what I saw, it was 1940 was his debut. That's yes. kind of a little ahead of its time. Where yeah, the, the movie remakes are happening. Like Reca- right, recasting while the other while the actors who previously played the characters are still. Around, especially in horror movies, that's the bread and butter of horror oh, movies yes. these days. It's just, oh, we're just rebooting the next horror. How many Halloween's reboots have there been? Way too many, <laughs> thousands. But yeah, so they kind of took that part of it. But he was just kind of a guy in a in a clay face mask. But the Matt Hagen version, who had a sillier origin, was the, sort of the giant mud monster that we see uh, that everyone mostly would think of when they think of Clayface. So mm-hmm. yeah, this version kind of combines that. Uh, those two characters, and also introduces a new element being that he gets his powers from this uh, experimental drug that this pharmaceutical uh, CEO, Roland Daggett, is uh, making. And basically it allows him, he's had, uh, Matt Hagen had some sort of car accident where his face was disfigured. This drug allows him to basically, he rubs this cream on his face and he can mold his face into whoever he wants to look like. Most of the time, he wants to look like old Matt Hagen. Right. But it also allows him to then do, like, Roland Daggett's dirty work, and as we see in the beginning of the episode, he makes himself look like Bruce Wayne and basically tries to kill Lucius, or is part of a crew that tries to kill Lucius Fox because Daggett is trying to take over Wayne Enterprises. My question is this. So I think they made it a little too complicated. Did he have to really look like him? If he sounds exactly like him, couldn't he have just called Lucius Fox, they pull up to this thing, and then they just kill him? Probably. <laughs> like, hey, Lucius, show up at this spot at this time, yeah. and then they just kill him? They Probably. made it a little too more complicated. But, it, yeah, it's it's an interesting... It's it's awesome. I, I, I really, 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 really enjoy uh, this version of the character. Um, there's a lot of uh, underlying sort of real-world stuff that we like to always... Yeah. kind of pull out. Um, so Roland Daggett is the powerful CEO yes. of a pharmaceutical company, which, again, very real world nowadays. Pushing and, untested drugs on desperate people. Mm-hmm. And, and in, in, a, in a hope to uh, get them hooked on their products so that they can then metaphorically, in this case, drive up the price. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, Matt Hagen can't... The only way he can now get this drug after a certain amount of time is to begin doing the dirty work yes. for Daggett. And uh, they talk about it in this uh, second part of the episode, but uh, they, you know, they allude to it in the first part of it, but in the second episode, they explicitly say that it has addictive properties, yeah. uh, that there's pain associated. Well, it sounds like withdrawal symptoms if, if you don't use it. Yeah. Um, so uh, all of that is, is, is eerily similar to you know, a, lot of, a lot of issues in the real world nowadays uh, with painkillers and, and doctors pushing painkillers on, on yes. people. So it's, it's, it's interesting in, in that way, and, and it's a parallel um, I, th- I think that they do a good job of, of making it cartoony enough and comic booky yes. enough um, where it's it in this story because you had to create this giant clay monster yeah. if they had done it I think as a straight up like painkiller type thing and that was uh, that was one of the one of the effects, side effect. like the side effects, that like your that skin would be melts. right, super super goofy. Yeah, um, but you make it you make it farcical enough or fantastical mm-hmm. enough where it's a drug that allows you to morph your face. Like okay, that that that's already there's a little bit of like a Twilight Zone too, where yeah. the guy is so desperate to get this stuff, and but then he gets too much of it and it ruins his life and the sort of that you know that. Yeah, it's, he basically he has. They literally say the thugs who grab him and pour the chemical onto his face, <sighs> uh, tell him, "Let's give him an overdose." Yeah, like that's 
Yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah, so they, and that's all, what we've talked about, that's all part one. Right. Um, that, that's another thing, too. We don't really see Clayface as Clayface until uh, we see him sort of in shadow at the end of part one. But in the rearview mirror of a yes, car, too. You see his eyes, and you see his, like, you see him scream and sort of grab the grab at the mirror. Um, but really, it's not until part two where you see the actual design for Clayface. The big reveal, yeah. And, you know, his his issues with, See, sort of like for a moment, he thinks he's okay because he realizes he can change his shape and he can even make clothes out of his out of his molecules. But then it's, his concentration is broken and he realizes he can't keep it up for long, which actually becomes a pretty big theme of how Batman ends up stopping him at the end of the episode. And then after that, it's a basic revenge plot for him yeah. to then try and seek revenge against Daggett. Um, he sort of has this convoluted plan where he's just going to replace one of his henchmen and then kill yes. him without any issues. Um, and it eventually tries to do that, is foiled by Batman, and then he finds out there's going to be a public appearance by Roland Daggett. So he shows up in this uh, Gotham uh, sort of talk show yeah. hosted by Summer. Summer Gleason has like her own like Ellen type show. I Apparently, guess. she's she's everywhere. She does the like six o'clock news. Are there other reporters in this town? No, there's <laughs> one reporter. That's like in Justice League. There's Snapper Carr. Right. In Superman. Superman there's, Superman, there's Angela Chen. Yep. And in Batman, it's Summer Gleason. And those are the only people <laughs> that exist uh, to report the news. So, so <laughs> that's all we know. Um, but uh, so he he shows up, and then that's where Batman's able to kind of foil him and. And uh, it's a it's a it's a good okay. So I'll get into my plot score for this. So I gave the plot score eight out of ten. I think it's really good. I think it's really strong. Um, I think that my only issue is is that they kind of so the transformation of Clayface, the scene in which he is sort of force fed this boiling chemical. Yeah. Is haunting. It is a. It's good. There's a lot in of a, horror, in a good way. like horror movie imagery. I feel. Yeah, like. and they do a good job because again they're limited on what they can show because it's a children's right. cartoon. But I think they do a good job of of it's it's eerie. It's it's haunting. It's disgusting. Yeah. Um, but the he they drag him to the car and he's wearing his suit and then the next thing you know he's this giant creamy blob yeah and there's a throwaway line that they kind of sort of try to explain it with when he's talking to his buddy uh teddy lupus yes. who has to be just the worst name what an unfortunate what a, what a name. terrible childhood teddy he's, lupus must he's have had. in show business too so you think he changed his <laughs> name to teddy lupus like it used to be like lupinski or something that's, like that's that. why so, he can only be a stand-in like, be a leading man with that with that <laughs> Teddy name. Lupus. Get out of here. Teddy Lupus can't star in big motion pictures. No. Matt Hagen is the right. star. Lupus is the stand-in. Oh, <laughs> man. Anyway, so he, there's a throwaway line of where uh, Clayface starts to shape-shift, and he's a, he immediately is, oh, it, it must have changed all the molecules in my body. And I'm not saying that there should have been a scene where he goes to the doctor, and there's like a scene where they test his DNA, and right. like... But it was just kind of a throwaway line, and it doesn't really make any too much sense. <laughs> um, so for that reason, I didn't I didn't give it a, a you know higher score than eight. But it's really good. It's really fun, and uh, I really like this episode. What about you, uh, Cal? I gave this episode uh, for plot a ten out of ten. Oh yeah, well, there it is. All right, there we go. Yeah, I think it's just a phenomenal piece of storytelling. As we as we already mentioned, the real world implications. But it's done, as you mentioned, in such a uh, in a more fantastical way. Where if you understand the metaphor of what they're doing, mm-hmm. I think it works. And you're a little bit older, but if you're younger, it's just like 
the guy is, um, uses a magic face cream. Right. Like, so there's there's layers to it that I think different audiences can appreciate. And that's been one of the things that we've said is important about and why this is such a long-lasting yes. show. Absolutely. And I just thought that. And the some of the, the scenes, and some of this gets into voice acting as well. We'll talk about that more in a little bit. But there's uh, the the tragedy of this character, because as far as we know, Matt Hagen was just like a normal, upstanding guy before his accident. Right. But as and as it's very much a very real thing is that uh, Hollywood motion pictures entertainment business exceptionally cruel mm-hmm. to getting older to any sort of change in your face. Yep. Uh, Mark Hamill famously had to get plastic surgery between the first and second Star Wars movies. Yeah, because he was in a car accident. Right. Wasn't he? <laughs> yes, and that certainly affected his career. And yep. like, so that's that's a really and so he's so desperate to be who he used to be. Yep. That he's willing to make a deal with the devil, and it ends up coming back to bite him. And he has this really emotional scene where he breaks down. He says, "I'm not an actor anymore. I'm not even a man." Yeah. And. And then you go and you fast forward and you have, you know, the fight with Batman in the hospital and then the final battle. Um, and you get to the scene where, and they do throw in a little knowledge, which I didn't remember, which is that uh, in there's a shot where when he first sees Batman, he sort of ve- uh, very quickly transforms his head into a Batman yeah. shape. Yeah. like the And cow. so they establish that sometimes when he sees things, he just involuntarily changes. Right. So at the end, when Batman puts all of the... Uh, images of his former movie roles on the screen and he can't stop it it's not just because oh he's so sad about who he used to be it's because he literally can't stop it right it's like a mu- it's like a muscle muscle memory yes. twitch and i like... thought that was such a creative way and again it's batman using his brain he's not able to just punch this guy out or tie him up he's got to outthink him yeah and i just thought it was done really well and then yeah. the ending being that you know they think he's dead and the 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 body disappears disintegrates and you flash outside to a, a just a random lady on the street laughing and then her eyes turn yellow and all of a sudden her laugh turns into Clayface's laugh. It's a very great, like, the end question mark. Right. Well, again, like a horror movie. Yep. Uh, or, of course, we know, you know, Clayface will be back. Right. Uh, Clayface will return. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Later, later on down the line. So I just thought it was just a phenomenal job all around, I thought. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I think you uh, you've justified your certainly justified your reason for giving it a perfect score. It, it is really strong, uh, especially when it comes to the the plot of the episode. All right, man, let's jump over to our next category. Let's uh, let's talk about music, shall we? Sure. Um, music in this episode is uh, it's so good. It's awesome. <laughs> I gave uh, so I, I gave music a ten out of ten. There we go. And uh, the reason being is there is this awesome dynamic between the Clayface theme. There's this strong horns yes. uh, that come in. It, it's you know it sounds like sort of like a lumbering. This lumbering monster is coming towards mm-hmm. you, or he's you know, and that's kind of the Clayface character and how he moves and and the way he talks. Ron yes. Perlman's voice, which we'll talk and about. There's also a like. Bit. There's the more dramatic version of that when he's being evil, mm-hmm. and there's like a really soft version of it that's played with like like light, maybe a little bit of strings and like a flute or something. Mm-hmm. Which, when the more tragic element is right. being brought up, so and the bat and the bat and oh, very the much in the good. same way the Batman theme can be played uh-huh. very triumphantly. It can be played angrily. It can uh-huh. be played in moments of sadness. Uh-huh. Uh, so very like it's layered and depend again that that shows the mastery of, of Shirley Walker absolutely I think and her ability to compose this music um, it, it was very similar so the 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 
the, like the heavier portion, the, the I would say like the monster theme, I guess, um, is used so well. And then the the the, the tragic we talked about that before. The tragedy theme, the tragic theme that plays in Heart of Ice, or the tragic theme that plays in the Two Face episode. Yes done so well and mm-hmm. it brings emotion into it and you're watching this these drawing moving drawings <laughs> of people of people that don't exist but you know it brings you into it it brings it brings emotion into it it makes you feel like man this is really tragic that this character all he wanted to be was an actor yeah. and and at the end the in the, that end scene which we'll talk about in a little bit but in that end scene where batman puts the videos on and he sees the different roles he plays and just recognizing and he, they, they make a point of saying that he was, uh, you know, critically acclaimed for those roles yes. after his, after his accident. And the, right. like, it's, it's a, this is your life happening yes. right in front of him, essentially. Um, so it, it's, it balances out really good between the, the, you know, the evilness of the character, yes, <laughs> uh, but also the tragic aspect of it, also. And so I, that's why I gave it a perfect score. How about you? Yeah, I went eight out of ten. I think it's really, really strong. Um, there's a few lulls uh, here and there. Again, this may be maybe a little nitpicky, but um, yeah, overall, just really strong. Um, but it is very dominated by the Batman theme and the Clayface theme, mm-hmm. as you mentioned. Sure. And so, in between there, there's a lot of sort of just kind of busy. The music does a lot of just busy work sure. until one of those characters appears on screen, and then the, those themes come in. So. Yeah, That's I went. Fair. It's eight out of ten. I, I not. I'm not really. <laughs> it's not much of an argument. I'm not, uh, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not faulting anybody that would give this a perfect score. It's. It's absolutely tremendous and a huge part of this. Yeah. As to why this is so great. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. All right. Uh, let's jump over to. Uh, why don't we talk about animation and visuals uh, while we're here? Um, man, from the get-go, uh, especially after watching last week's episode and having yeah. some having some uh, issues, I would say, maybe a fumble here or there with the way that things looked, this episode from the get-go, from the moment that Lucius gets out of the, the Wayne Enterprises yeah. limousine, um, all the way through this episode, the visuals are incredibly strong. Yeah, there's a lot of great like set pieces, even or backgrounds, I guess they are yeah. on a on a cartoon <laughs> backgrounds. Not, yeah, I mean, but the the very very varied uh, you know background design. There's a scene where Daggett and his henchmen are walking through their fa- their chemical factory, mm-hmm. and there's these big green vats. And they're flashing up this green light onto them, and they're sort of mostly in shadow, but they have this green light sort of permeating on their face while it, they're while they're discussing their evil villain plot. It looks straight out of a comic book. Yeah, like that was that was a comic book frame right there. Yes, man. That absolutely. Was, that was good. Um, and yeah, the, obviously the 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 biggest thing is is Clayface's transformations mm-hmm. themselves. Incredible! Um, I can't imagine how incredibly difficult that yeah, was. Yeah, and I mean, and like a lot. Of, obviously, there's the big things like him turning his hands into bricks or into lobster claws or right. making giant hands. Or there's a scene where Batman pushes him through a doorway and his arms fall off. <laughs> and it's all very like that's all well done. But just little things like when he when he first has revealed his clay face in the beginning of part two, and he's looking at his headshots from the different movies, and mm-hmm. just his face is transforming. Mm-hmm. But the rest of his body is still clay. I thought that was phenomenal. And there's also a great scene in part one where Batman's interrogating this thug. Uh, oh, it's that gets up, And he basically, he chases his car down in the Batplane, smashes into the car and carries it away on the nose of the Batplane, and then has like a giant extendo claw where he pull, and pulls the guy out of the car, drops the car into the Gotham River, and then just carries the guy around, flies the guy around the city, 
as he interrogates him over like a loudspeaker. That's why I was always sad we didn't have the bat plane until. Yes. Well, you, you had a version of the bat plane uh, toy, but we didn't we didn't get it when like. I guess earlier, I yes. think we, had, we had the new Batman Adventures version of it. But, yeah, but that scene where he's carrying, you know, the bell hanging from the claw because the the bat plane had a yes. claw on it that you could do the, you know, reenact that scene. So that was always always fun. But that scene itself is yeah, a, a, and a then lot just of Batman himself looks really cool in this episode. There's mm-hmm. A lot of him being in shadow, like when he goes into the hospital room to confront uh, germs, the other mm-hmm. uh, the other uh, Daggett henchman. The scene where where the first part of this, the very first scene of the second part where he changes into the Batman costume in yes. the back seat, and you just, the shot is Alfred looking into the mirror as he puts the cowl on. Yes. It reminded me a little bit of the scene in um, in the, the Phantasm, uh, where you don't see, you just see him put yes. the cowl on, you don't really see, yeah. you don't really see his eyes, you don't really see mm-hmm. much of what it is, but you can tell exactly what's going on. Yeah. If it were a movie, you would say, oh, the cinematography is yes. excellent. So I don't know if, what you would call that, yeah. animatography. <laughs> did we just make up a term? I think yes. we did. The animatographer. That's right. The animatography here is uh, is done really, really well. Um, I, I know there were a couple other scenes too that are that are really fantastic. We already talked about the the haunting image of him being forced fed the uh, yes the renew you. It's cream. mostly it's all done as you mentioned in shadows. You just see the silhouette of one thug holding him down, and then the other one pouring it and just going all over his face. And you hear him like choking on it, basically. Yeah. And it's it's just it's real effective all the way around. And the visuals are just such a huge part of that. And I agree. It's it's and again, if you have a character like that, you can't. It would be really easy for this to be disappointing. Mm-hmm. Um, like we talked a little bit on Justice League about how Green Lantern doesn't really make constructs with his ring, right? Like whereas like if he just made like bigger hands to fight Batman. <laughs> Or just, or they were lazier with the shape changing. Yeah, there's a scene where he attacks him, where he, like his chest shoots out and it turns into bricks. Yes, like that was awesome. There's a giant hammer. He does like the Freddy Krueger hand yes. at one point. Uh, act, makes his hand into axes, as we mentioned, like yeah. lobster claws, all kind of crazy things, and and going right from them to the other thing. And it would be easier to like cut to a reaction shot of Batman, and then mm-hmm. you cut back and his hands have changed. Right, but they did close ups of it. Which I think is again. That's you talk about going the extra mile. I think that's just shows how how great this is. So because of all that we have talked about mm-hmm. here, I gave animation ten out of ten. Wow, Liam, you'll be shocked to learn that I also gave animation a ten out of ten. What? <laughs> I know. Yeah, this episode is, is fantastic. It's absolutely great. It's um, you know, it, especially if you if you put into take into consideration where animation was at this time the digital animation wasn't a thing. Yeah, and we've mentioned this a few times, but the other superhero cartoons that were around in this era. Can you imagine? Like, how many times, I mean, it's funny, we'll talk about it in voice acting, there's a Spider-Man the Animated Series connection to this episode. Oh, yuck. Like, how many times did they, like, not even that the animation was that great, but then they just constantly reused the same same shots over and over again. Spider-Man swinging so I just like I imagine they would do like two change they would do like two animations of Clayface changing and that and they would just keep reusing. They would those just mirror two. them and yes. <laughs> maybe hope it cut them a little bit shorter. Hope yeah. that you didn't notice. So like the, just the extra detail and effort put into it, and it doesn't really look awful through. either. No, it doesn't look. It looks it looks really good. 
It looks it looks really really good. And we 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 had the episode with Ink uh, yeah. recently that we covered. Uh, check it out at dcaureview.com. Um, you can you can see that. And and we talked about the the subtle differences between that character who's more liquid and this character who clearly feels and looks heavy. Like yes. there's a heaviness to his. He's not a fluid character. He's heavy. He's made of clay. Like, yeah, and when he like when he wa- does walk, he lurches. Like mm-hmm. he doesn't. He's not a sprinter. Right. Like, he's, he's very lumbering. Yeah, <laughs> that is for sure. All right, Liam. Um, so let's go to our final category. Our final category of the day is going to be voice acting. Uh, so. We, of course, have Batman, Kevin Conroy, who does a phenomenal job. He's great. Uh, um, he's he's <laughs> shocking. Newsflash. News He's shocking. We do have some hashtag my Alfred Ephraim yes, Zemblist in here. Uh, but, Liam, who else besides that uh, do we have as our cast of characters this uh, week? I'm going to save the obvious one for last. Okay. That's fine. Um, that being Clayface's voice, of course. That's fine. Uh, so first, uh, the big one that came to mind, I mentioned there's a Spider-Man uh, crossover here. Uh-huh. Uh, Ed Asner, uh, who, of course, played J. Jonah Jameson on, on the Spider-Man cartoon. Most famously known for playing J. Jonah yes. Jameson on the Spider-Man right. cartoon. <laughs> uh, <laughs> with Santa and Elf. <laughs> right. Uh, was, oh, oh, by the way, he played the greatest granny goodness of all time, too, oh, my by the way. goodness. Uh, hashtag my granny. Hashtag... Uh, <laughs> Uh, don't don't search that hashtag. I feel like it's going to turn up some weird stuff. Uh, but uh, but yes, Ed Asner here as uh, as Roland Daggett, and he's mostly just called on to be a very like cartoonishly evil businessman. But he's real good. He's good in this, and the the cool thing is, is this is a character. Uh, we actually had to do the research because I wasn't sure if he had appeared in the comics first. Um, we actually didn't realize he hadn't appeared to comics until 2018. Yes. Uh, this this year was his first year of, uh, well, last year, I guess, technically, was his first year of uh, appearing in Batman uh, comic books. Uh, but his, he was a character created uh, for the DCAU, and uh, he shows up later in future episodes. Yeah. Uh, three or four, uh, maybe four more episodes on the, in the series. Yeah, so. so it's always cool to sort of, you, you think of, like, the bigger ones created like a Harley Quinn or someone, but just these sort of minor characters that maybe weren't, they obviously didn't have the impact that some of the bigger ones that were created for the show did, but Mm -hmm. still, you know, a recurring character that just fills out. Uh, And again, so you don't, maybe you don't have to use Rupert Thorne every time you want like an evil businessman. You have another evil businessman Mm -hmm. to throw out there. Well, Um, and and it's, it's, it's a good foil foil for Bruce Wayne because he's clearly well in this episode part of the plot was he's he's trying to overtake and take control of Wayne yes. Enterprises um, so you have somebody that is supposedly you know sort of an equal here you already got rid of Ferris Boyle uh, because he, who is also running a similar racket yes. so uh, you, you introduce somebody else that could that could sort of threaten him but Ed Asner is great yeah he's, he's tremendous uh, other we have uh, the henchman germs uh, was voiced by Ed Begley Jr. super excited about yes. this one because uh, one of our, I know both of our, uh, we both have a, a great love in our heart for Arrested Development. Yep. And uh, Egg Bagley Jr., of course, played Stan Sitwell, the <laughs> business rival of of, of the main family's uh, company. Oh, that's right. And uh, also a man who suffered from alopecia. Yes. And so he's always wearing, like, very comically silly wigs and eyebrows. He's he's, uh, he's he's great at it, too. I'd, I would not have picked him as the voice, No, he though. does, like, a pretty good, like, he does, like, a, a very, like, uh, like he, the character because he's called germs is a germaphobe, and so most of his dialogue is about how he's scared. Like there's a lot of shots of him 
opening a door with a handkerchief on his hand, and then he's terrified of going into the hospital to to kill Lucius Fox because it's a hospital. It's like him doing. His voice reminds me of him doing like the Bad Hatter from the animated animated Alice in Wonderland movie, yes. Disney movie, or also King Candy from yes. Wreck It Ralph. Uh, very similar, that, similar cadence and and the way that they, he's delivering, but he's good yeah, too. He does he does a good job. And then we have a uh, Dick Gautier. I'm gonna pronounce it. I'm gonna choose to pronounce it. I'm, I'd prefer Gautier. Just yeah. just like the musical artist. Remember remember him. Remember him. Yeah, somebody that we used to Them? know. Him. <laughs> <laughs> that that song just lends itself to those jokes, doesn't it? Does. It? it does. Anyway, but uh, he plays Teddy uh, Teddy Lupus. <laughs> Teddy Lupus. <laughs> it gets me every time. Good old Ted. Um, Ted Lupus. As uh, perhaps perhaps Theodore Theodore, Theodore. Lupus. his mom calls him Theodore yes. Lupus. Um, as sort of the as we mentioned, he's Matt Hagen's stand-in and sort of becomes his right-hand man and his sort of uh, accomplice to some of his uh, Clayface-related crimes later on too. Never heard from him. Um, no, no, he's he, obviously Clayface is back several more times. In fact, there's later episodes where Clayface has accomplices, but it's not Teddy. It's not Ted. Um, it's not Ted Lupus. This right. is this, this is the swan song. This is for the Ted. end. This is the end of Ted Lupus. <laughs> The oh, Ballad man. of Ted Lupus ends here. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to see how many times I can say Ted Lupus. Feet of Clay, The Ballad of Ted Lupus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah! That was the alternative title of the oh, episode. Man. But uh, yeah, he was voiced by a guy named Dick uh, Gow or Gautier, who uh, probably more famously uh, played Serpentor on the G.I. Joe cartoon. Heck yeah! Did a few other uh, uh, animation roles, but uh, he, he does a very good job. Serpentor. As... Uh, <laughs> As, in this show, though, he does do a good job of being, you know, the friend that's concerned about his friend that has a drug problem. Yep. And then sort of reluctantly, because because there's this tragic element, he doesn't see his friend as a villain right away, and he's kind of going along with him on this kind of quest becomes for an enabler. Yeah. Yeah. We would refer to that as an enabler. Yes, to the point where he even was, like, holding some of the Renew You cream in part one, because he knew if, that if Matt Hagen had all of it, that it would that he would have used it too quickly. Right. So he was basically holding some just for a moment where Hagen ran out and needed it to act that day or whatever. So crazy. It's an interesting. It's an interesting character, but I think he does a pretty good job as as being like the. He's not really a voice of reason, as you mentioned, because he's he enable. He's also an enabler, but. Yeah. That's that's a little bit also of like a multi layered thing. If you know anyone or have ever. Yep been involved in a situation with addiction the yep. line between wanting to be helpful and actually you know making things worse is can, can be a razor, very thin one razor thin so uh yeah so th- i thought he did a good job there and then all right we're finally going to talk about him all right bring it uh, in Clayface, of course voiced by the the absolute legend that is ron perlman yeah um one of the great voice actors in of any <laughs> of our time yeah uh, you know, live action wise, he played Hellboy. Yep. Um, was on, of course, Sons of Anarchy. Yep. And, but of course, in animation, he's voiced uh, plenty of other characters. He actually did voice a character once before on Batman the Animated Series back in POV. That's he right. Played one of the thugs there. Um, That's right. We forgot about that. But uh, mo- most importantly for me, um, I was about ten years old when the Teen Titans cartoon started mm-hmm. airing on Cartoon Network, mm-hmm. and he of course played uh, Slade, aka Deathstroke, throughout yep. the the five seasons that that show lasted. Yep. Um, and he's so great in that role, and but and he's not doing. The same. That's the other thing too. Is he has a very distinct voice, but Clayface does not sound like Slade, Agreed. or vice versa. Yep. Like this Clayface, he's very animated. He's very 
and even before he start, he go, turns into the mud monster and starts doing his evil villain laugh like mm-hmm. he's got there's a certain desperation to it he's very he's very he's a little more over the top whereas you know something like Slade he's a, he's a little more reserved and uh, sort of the guy who's always in control where this guy is he's a, he's a monster who's kind of out of control and I think that reflects it in his performance and as we mentioned the earl- the earlier scene where where the uh, again that that line just sticks with me so much that I'm not even a man. Yes. Yeah. And he breaks down and begins to cry. This giant mud monster is head in his hands crying and and Perlman's voice acting is such a big part of why this works as well as it does. And of course, uh Perlman has a few other DCAU roles uh in the main DCAU universe. Uh he of course has uh he plays Jaxer in Superman the animated series. Mm-hmm. Uh, the few episodes that he and uh, Mala uh, show up. Um, And then, of course, he plays Orion on Justice League Unlimited. Uh, Mm -hmm. He didn't voice him on Superman, but he is the voice in in, in Justice League when he shows up in Twilight, and then again when he shows up a few times in uh, Unlimited. He's uh, he's the voice of Orion. So, just a a veteran, and as we mentioned, he's so good. Yeah, he's... He's really awesome, and and again, I just I come back to he has such a distinct voice. You always know it's him, but there's so still so much variation in uh, in his performances throughout the the DCAU, and just what a phenomenal job he did. Yeah, I, I don't have anything to add to <laughs> to that at all. You you said it all. Well, Ron I guess we just got to give scores great. then. Uh, yes, my score for voice acting: ten out of ten. Um, I also gave voice acting a 10 out of 10. Wow. There was one thing I did want to mention that I, I neglected to mention, but the the closing uh, monologue that Batman does over the scene of uh, of Clayface's shell disintegrating, yes. at, of course, it's Kevin Conroy, so why, why should we be surprised? <laughs> but it's delivered so well between that and the music... And yeah. the writing, the, like the lines that were written for him to say, and the direction. I wouldn't be surprised if the body they took to the morgue was only a shell. Don't forget, first and foremost, Hagen was an actor. He said it himself, Alfred. He called it a scene, maybe the greatest scene of his career. See you around, Matt. A death scene so real. It fooled us all. (laughs) It's really good. It's so, so, so very good. So that, combined with everything that you said, was why I gave it 10 out of 10. All right, Liam, I think that... Wait, hold on a second. That, my friends is the bonus point sound. So, Liam, I, you must have a bonus point. Is that correct? That's correct. I have at least one. Oh, oh, oh. Is that the second bonus point sound right oh, there? Oh, my goodness. Double like, bonus I have points. two bonus points today, Cal. All right. So, the first one is the person who uh, wrote this story and was also, I believe he actually did the scripting of part one. Okay. Um, is a guy who comic fans might, you may have heard this name, Marv Wolfman, um, who of course was the the writer during the the very famous New, New Teen Titans run, uh, is credited with the creation, speaking of Slade slash Deathstroke, of Deathstroke on that run, 
had a very long run on Batman as well, uh, created the Tim Drake Robin character. Um, just his, he, he's the one, that's where Dick Grayson became Nightwing was in the pages of the new Teen Titans book. Mm -hmm. So he, even though you can't give him credit for creating Dick Grayson because Dick Grayson was created in 1939. Right. But you can give him credit for creating Nightwing and creating a lot of what the modern... I would say the modern Dick Grayson is. Yeah. You can't... Yeah, that's not... Unfortunately, that's not really how creator credits work. Right. So you can't say, you know... But he's also, you know, he created uh, Starfire and Raven and, uh, you know, was the formative creator behind Beast Boy and and Cyborg as well. So uh, special shout out to him because he's not just he's he I I was not aware that he was the writer on this yeah, episode I, I was or that he was him. involved in the writing at all. But that and he's such a a, a pillar of DC uh, of DC comics lore, and he's put so much of what is now just sort of accepted as the norm in DC comics of certain characters were created by him. So. Had to give a shout-out for that. So that's bonus point number one. And then bonus point number two, we've already talked about it, but just that final the final fight as Batman puts on all of these different uh, pictures of Hagen's various roles, and he just begins to change, and his body is contorting, and his head twists around, and there's just really... It's very violent. Yeah. Like, uh, and it, it's... The idea is he can't stop changing, and it's causing him great pain, to the point where Batman even goes to try to turn them off. Right. Um, and he... And, you know, Clayface ends up smashing into the controls himself, and and then getting electrocuted. But it's such phenomenal... But it's everything, which is why I thought it deserved its own point. It's absolutely... Maybe the best animation that we've seen so far in the animated series, period. Agreed. Um, tremendous voice acting by Conroy and Perlman. Yeah. It's, the music is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And, again, just the, the and the, the story, again, we mentioned, like, this was already brought up in story that he can't, con- he can't totally control it, especially when there's, like, an emotional uh, reasoning. And I felt like that was, that just brings all four of our categories that we talk about every week together in one perfect scene i agree that i couldn't I, that that scene itself even though technically they could all be covered in our main four categories it's perfect all four categories are a perfect 10 in that scene i agree and so i had to give that a, a another plus one for that man that's uh that's awesome that's great yeah i i uh, i can't i can't disagree that scene itself uh definitely look it up on youtube i'm sure we'll tweet it out this week yes. at, at, at dcau review uh, but that scene itself is is uh is an iconic one in the batman the animated series um lore for sure um so yeah that's uh, i would not fight you on giving that a, a bonus point so that um, brings our final scores, yeah, I believe. Yeah, let's, uh, let's find our find, t- tally up our scores here, Liam. So mine uh, tally up to a very, very strong 38 wow. out of 40. Um, yeah, I, I think... Um, Rarified air. Yeah, yeah, it's that's top three, I think. Or, or maybe between Invisible Man, Heart of Ice, and this one, maybe, maybe POV, uh, I think are probably like top four yeah. thus far that we've done uh, this on our one year anniversary. Um, yes. those are the, those are the, those are the upper echelon, yes. uh, of, of episodes. So, uh, yeah, 38 out of 40, really, really strong, really Absolutely. good. What and, about you? Uh, mine is 40 
out of 40. Get the heck out. A perfect episode. The perfect episode to me. Wow. There's only one other that That's either right. of us had given the That's perfect right. score to. That was, of course, Heart of Ice. That's right. Uh, this, to me, is just, as I've said, that final scene, it encapsulates the best of everything about these shows. Mm-hmm. The incredible live orchestra and the music. Mm-hmm. The incredible talent they brought into voice act. Andrea Romano's direction as a as the voice director of the show of getting these performances out of these already very talented people, um, the writing as I mentioned in, in the plot, and even coming up with little things to throw in there so that they could justify. They didn't just go, "Well, this will look cool." They thought of reasons why these things would happen, right? And then you, you wrap that you wrap that all up into this package, and it's you know. It, I, I'm not going to say if I like this or Heart of Ice more, because if you're saying they're both perfect, I don't know that you can... One's more perfect than the other. Right. <laughs> but to me, this is... This, to me, is... It's either the best... It's one or it's 1A yeah. of the best, at least of what we've watched so far. So I, I dare say that this is a must-watch as far Absolutely. as rewatchability. For for all the reasons we've listed and probably a, a dozen more, um, it's... It's, you gotta watch this one. All right, wow. So that's that's pretty cool. On our one year anniversary, we have uh, we have a perfect score from one of us given given to an episode. So that's a uh, super rarefied error. Yes, uh, with that one now we're uh, t- two total episodes that uh, that we've had that have been given the the perfect score. So that's awesome. All right, uh, well let's wrap things up here. Uh, thank you everybody. As we said at the beginning of the episode, if you've given any of your time to listen to us talk about Batman, the animated series, or any other of the DCAU shows, we're so thankful. Yes. Thank you for listening. Um, you know, we do this for fun, but it's cool when we hear that other people also enjoy listening to us talk about it. So um, in it, with that being said, if you would like to interact with us, if you'd like to talk to us about this episode, if you, you found flaws of this episode that we missed or maybe things that uh, that you love that we didn't point out or maybe you just want to agree with us because we are a very agreeable <laughs> podcast true. so uh, maybe you just want to agree with us on everything shoot us a tweet uh, it is a free website that we use called twitter.com twitter.com and uh, Liam the twitter DCAU twitter guru uh, over there at DCAU review uh, is where you can interact with him discuss fan theories discuss fan art, discuss everything about the DCAU. Uh, of course, we also like to talk about DC Comics as a whole, too. So if you have any questions, you want to talk about Aquaman, if you'd like to Aquaman yeah. the movie, let's talk about that, too. you excited about Shazam coming out in a few months? Uh, maybe. I'm not. But <laughs> <laughs> but maybe you are. Um, yeah, let's talk about it. Uh, so find, find Liam over at DCAU Review. Don't forget, also, Liam, we have a contest going on. We're, our Absolutely. quest for 250. Uh, we're trying to get 250 followers. Uh, just so we can get some more listeners on our product, and uh, we're get, we have a contest, Liam. We're actually giving away a Batman the Animated Series game called Almost Got 'Em, based on the episode yes. we've yet to review. Yes, the the absolute classic. Perhaps that'll be our next perfect score. Ooh. Uh, uh, foreshadowing, yeah, a little <laughs> foreshadowing there. But yeah, it's based on that game. It's really fun. It's sort of along the same lines of like a Secret Hitler is a really popular game. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, you can win that. All you gotta do. Uh, every week when we post a new episode, I make that the pinned tweet on our Twitter account. Yep. So if you go to our page at DCAU Review and you like and retweet that tweet, you're already in the contest. There you go. And once we get to that 250 followers, all you got to do is tweet us the secret word. Remind the listener of our secret word, Cal. It is 
Martian. Martian is our secret word. So right. we're on our quest for 250. We're we're getting there. Uh, yeah. And so hopefully soon, maybe in the next uh, month or two, we'll be able to give that away. We're really excited, though. It'll be and, a heck of an anniversary present right? from us to you. Right. The list. Happy hour anniversary, guys. Mm, clearly. Uh, you can also uh, check us out, dcaureview.com. Uh, if you're listening to us on iTunes, uh, please subscribe to us. Leave us a five-star review in the iTunes store. It's a little bit of a hassle, but it helps us out a lot. That would be a great anniversary present Absolutely. to us. Um, just leave us a five-star review. And uh, don't forget to subscribe. And uh, you can always like us on Facebook, but uh, there's not much that that does for you because uh, we refuse to pay Mark Zuckerberg any well, money. And much, much like Roland Daggett, uh, Mark Zuckerberg has uh, turned fa- social media and Facebook into something of a drug. <laughs> And the only way you can get to the things that you want to do with your social media page is to uh, do something for him, and that thing is pay him money. And uh, that's not something we're interested in doing here. Uh, we're a we're a straight edge podcast that's here. Right. That's and, right. Uh, <laughs> crossover. And uh, so we yeah you yeah. can like, but if you are a Facebook user, uh, we're happy to talk with us. But you're going to have to contact us. So exactly. you can head to Facebook.com/slash DCAU Review. I do I do still post when new episodes are up and everything there. But let's be honest, if you're on Facebook, you're definitely on Twitter. So just, yes, just talk to us on Twitter. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, anything else, Liam? No, I think that's uh, wrapping up. Watch uh, you know a final. Thanks for listening. Yeah, uh, it's been a really fun first year. We've covered uh, one of every show. Uh, just recently, over the holidays, we did our first Elseworlds episodes. There'll be more of those coming in the new year for certain. Excited about those, and uh, definitely probably another movie review or two. So definitely excited to see what the rest of the year brings. And thanks for listening. Hey, happy anniversary, pal! Happy anniversary! All right, well. And that wraps us up. I'm Cal. And I'm Liam. We'll talk to you on the next episode of the DCAU Review. Bye-bye. <laughs>